Hola and welcome to Catholic View. I'm Sheila Birch. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, this evening we're doing things slightly different on Catholic View. We won't be having our news slot, but instead we go straight to our feature program. Today we'll be talking about substance abuse among youth in South Africa with focus on Eldorado Park. I'm Archbishop Stephen Brislin from Cape Town. You are tuned into Radio Veritas. Good news for a change. Substance abuse among youth has severe effect on our communities and families and have many potential health effects for the users, such as increased risk of injury and death due to either violence or accidents, increased probability of engaging in sexual behavior with high risk of teen pregnancy and transmittable diseases, an increased risk for suicidal behavior and psychiatric disorders. Abuse of different substances is furthermore also often the reason for declining grades, high absenteeism and school dropouts. Substance use during adolescence is also often associated with involvement in crime and gang-related activities. Creating awareness, civic education about the consequences of substance abuse and offering moral support to addicts in Eldorado Park are just some of the activities conducted by the Eldorado Park Local Drug Action Committee, the LDAC. Mr. Alistair Fredericks is the deputy chairperson of LDAC and he spoke to me about his work as an anti-drug and substance abuse activist in Eldorado Park. I belong to an organization in our community in Eldorado Park, which is called the LDEC, which is the Local Drug Action Committee. And what we fundamentally do is we are a collection of various NGOs that come together, and we make up LDEC, basically. And uh, what we do is we combat substance abuse and everything that pertains to substance abuse, whether it is from your underage children, from your girls, underage, everybody from underage, under 18, over 18 as well. And then we have for the males over 18. So it's adult male, adult female, young boys and girls. And that's how we do work collectively with different NGOs because we, we have a, what we call a holistic approach that we employ. And the reason for this is that what we find is that when each one works in silo in their own little corner, um, we're not progressive and we need each other. And that's how we, we, we've started to kind of form ourselves the way we have. And currently, I'm proud to say that Eldorado Elder Park is the most best-performing Eldorado in South Africa, actually. You said you deal with even young people. How young are these people? When do they start um, getting involved in substance abuse? Well, you see, um, there's, it's, it's a lot of socioeconomic, socioeconomical challenges that, that, that 
you should know that El Rarapak faces. And not the El Rarapak only. I mean, generally, South Africa has... We, we, we're facing major challenges, but um, where we found children as young as eight years old using substance abuse. Those are the type of challenges that we confronted with. But obviously, um, you need to be extremely well-informed about the Child Protection Act and also the Child Justice Act to, to, to be able to inter- intervene when you when you when you when you're dealing with kids as young as that. So um we've we, we face major challenges and then we've got an NGO in El Rado Park that works with uh, especially the younger children. It's called Normal Victims. It's one of our executive members of Eldec who's running it, Lizo. And then we've got the girls, uh because most of these kids obviously um they have mothers, you know. So what happens is other mothers um many times are also um, addicted to substance abuse, and most of them are treated at um, Hadassa House, which is our chairperson's NGO. Um, she's part of that NGO. And then the guys are also run through um, programs through Comeback Mission. Um, and then we work with various other rehab facilities where we are where we're able to assist us, because obviously many of the rehab facilities are rather expensive, and people can't afford it. So yeah, what what I'm fundamentally the children are as young as my personal experience, I think was seven or eight years old was the youngest that I've experienced. But what drives these young people to get into drugs? I mean, I know you mentioned social social economic issues that the country is faced with, and I also know that you mentioned young mothers who are already involved in uh, substance abuse. But what about the young kids, seven to eight years old? I mean. not one issue it wouldn't be one issue if you look at it if, if you look at the there's a lot of stuff let's say if we if it's to answer your question based on the why what would make a child do that you have to look at the environment the child is living in and um when we speak about the environment we're speaking about both the home environment as well as the area in which they live and you find that drugs are very I think the major challenge is that it's it's very easily accessible. That's the major challenge that we encounter. And um, the biggest problem is that corruption of police. That's that that's that's in my personal view, that's a major major issue. Yes, you've got, for example, in our area, we've got a great relationship, working relationship with our um, our station commander, Brigadier Van Dijk, but. If you go down the line from him, it's it's rotten to the core. And that's a challenge because what we're doing is that I'm giving you the information and you are giving the information to the dealers. So it, it, it's like you're not, you're not interested in combating the crime. You're interested in making a quick buck. And that's what we're confronted with. So it becomes tiring at times and hence we take a different approach to say, no, 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 you know what? Let's deal with, with the humanity part of it. Let's deal with the kids. Because we, we, we continually late at night out on the streets. We morning hours on the streets. We, we risk our lives all the time. Going into these lolly lounges, it's, it's, it's stressful. And it's, it's risky. So we say, you know what, let's just continue to fight the good fight. And you've got to give, there's, there's so much you can do and the rest you have to give over to God because this is a spiritual attack.
And speaking of safety, how safe are you really? Like you said, you sometimes have to go out late at night, early hours of the morning. Faith. That's how we keep safe. It's faith and trust in God. Yeah. Do you think the church does enough to help out with this situation? I mean, we're looking at young people. We're looking at the future of the country. I think I think it's a, I think that's a, a, a very relevant question. Um, in my view, and, and I, I wanna I wanna make it clear that this is my view. I personally do not think that the church is doing enough. I think the church can be more active in it as the church, not as members of the church in their own little corners. I'm speaking as the church because I think as as, as Catholics we have the we have the PPC, and I think. Um, we need to look at if, if as a PPC we be part of the leadership of the church. We need to we need to look at the serious socio-economic challenges that our communities are facing, and how then do we, as the church, inter- inter- intervene and assist? Because I think we we we're able to do that because there's many NGOs that are doing great work, and they don't have they don't have place to to do their programs, for example, the outpatient program, and, and an outpatient program keeps kids off the street from at least 8, 9 o'clock until about 4, 5 o'clock. In the process, they feed the kids and they look for assistance, but they don't have, they don't have facilities to, to execute these types of programs. And I think those are ways where, where, churches, where churches can actually come in. And it, it, it becomes sad because, you know, I was, I was speaking to, to one of the leaders from Ennerdale uh, just on Mandela Day because we had a program in, in El Rado Park with Sustain Produce. And we were we were speaking, and 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 he says the sad part is that we are so divided as, as as Christians that the Muslims are always it's always the mosques that are availing their premises for these programs to be executed, and they're availing their premises to Christians who are running Christian programs at the mosques. But the, the, with the churches, there's so much politics trying to to just get that. But back to the church. No, I personally don't think that the church is doing near enough to combat substance abuse um, in, in our communities. Yes, our, 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 our parish priest is, is extremely active, vibrant in our, in our community, and that we're super proud of. He is definitely him, but, but like I'm saying, is as the church itself, no. Our priest, yes, he's, he's super awesome. You are aware of the upcoming Synod of the Youth. What are some of the issues that should like being tackled at these events? Because it is about the youth, and we often hear more about, you know, how youth comes together for prayer and adoration and learning more about being a Catholic and so forth. But from your point of view, what do you think are some of the key issues that should be dealt with during the World Youth Day and the upcoming Synod on the Youth that we're going to be having soon. What, are, what do you think are the key issues that should be dealt with? Personally, from a perspective, let's say, if it's, if it's a World Youth Day, let's say from the perspective of generally South Africa, I think what's, what's essential is that um, the dynamics differ from, from, from area to area, but generally they're the same. So, for example, the type of, of substances that you find in certain areas um, are different. For example, in El Dorado Park, you'll find different substances compared to, let's say, Soweto, let's say, in the East End. But what is important is that I think that 
we need to allow for the youth to speak and to express, and we need to create that platform. Because I think what, what, what I encounter is that the, the youth feel that they have been lied to many a time, much too many times. I, I, that's what I find. The, the children are hurting because I think they've been lied to, whether from parents, whether from from government, whether from different institutions. But they, they find that they, like, they don't have much hope. And I think it's important for to let the kids express. But it's fundamental that we need to speak to how do they see a future for them in today's current situation. That's, I think, we, we need to have a serious, serious conversation around that. Because when you look at substance abuse, substance abuse is a kind of exchange, an escape channel. It's not the, 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 the primary problem. And I think that's what we, we try to make something a primary problem. You don't just get up and you say, I'm going to start abusing substances. No. It starts from somewhere. And those are the underlying issues that I think need to be addressed. But the, the best way to do it is when, when we allow for kids to be able to express, because a lot of, especially for us that come from, from the township areas, um, our kids are not given the platform to express. They are, if I may, they are maybe shut up instead of brought up. I tell you this is the way to be, that's how it should be. Now, I think it's, it's a little bit challenging because I think if, if, if my dad milked the cows when he was young, I don't think it's relevant for me to milk the cows when I'm young, and then it would be relevant for my kid to milk the cows when he's young. I think society has changed, and, and we'll sit with the society and, 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 a, and a world view um, and, and a map of the world that we have in our heads that, that's irrelevant if we don't look at what's happening currently and go with the changing times. We are in the digital ages. We need to seriously go with the times and allow for our kids to express, speak, and, and let's hear what they are and see what do they think are proposed solutions. Quite interesting, quite true what you've just said, Alistair. But now going back to your work as an activist, you did mention that, you know, one of the core problems is that the police are corrupt. Talking about that, we've seen government officials coming through to places such as Eldorado Park to talk to the communities, to hear what the communities have to say with regards to the high number of young people consuming substance. Do you think government is doing enough to curb this issue? And if not, what should be the way forward? Look, if we, if we, if we, if we look at the, the different vari- the various um, government departments and um, we have, for example, um, we've got uh, Daphne Naidu, that's from the Department of Social Development, provincial level, that, that's extremely efficient. And when I say extremely efficient, I mean extremely efficient, that, that assists us to the key, that empowers us, that educates us on the various acts of substance abuse, etc., to the key, as a government official. So when she comes and... She's got a team of hers with her as well. When they come and, and, and or we call on them, they are there to assist. They, they truly do do great stuff. The policies that government has in place um, pertaining to substance abuse, I think to an extent, um, works very well. But, but the truth is, like I'm saying, is it's the level of corruption. The level of corruption in this progress in many spheres of government. And... The, the, the people who suffer in this process are the beneficiaries. And the beneficiaries are the people who are supposed to need, who are the people who need the help. So I can give you, I give you for example, I can give you a breakdown. If you look at NGOs, 
the level of corruption among NGOs where government funds these programs. Now, because there's a level of corruption between government officials and, for example, Alistair, who runs an NGO, the amount of money gets given, but it does not reach the beneficiaries. And that's where the challenge comes. The, the amount of money that's being wasted through those type of processes, that's the major, major challenge. And also another major challenge is the division within the community. You see, there's no, there's no kind of synergy to say this is what we want to achieve. And hence, we, when we work as ALDEC, we have an approach where it shouldn't be your organization or my organization. We come together and we have all our ideas, all our, our ideas on the table and see how do we progress those things. Because the local drug action committee in itself does not get funding at all. It does not get funding. It does not have a treasurer. Because why? What gets funded are programs. So we try to work on programs that benefit the community. And those are the programs that, that, that get funded. Or we get the assistance for those programs. But it's not that we, we, we get funding per se. No, not at all. Not one blue cent do we receive as an organization, ALDEC, on its own. No. So what's the way forward in your point of view in when it comes to combating substance abuse amongst young people and even elder people? What's the way forward? What would you say to those who are listening to you right now? I would say that um, our our government departments, from from the security clusters point of view, because if you look at substance abuse, there's the National Drug Master Plan takes a a, a view of um, supply reduction, which is obviously curbing the supply, which lays primarily in the hands of of of, of the security cluster. And I think it's, 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 it's incumbent on them to, to conduct themselves efficiently. It's, it's not a secret who are selling substances in our communities. It's not a secret the type of lifestyle that they, that they love. And to conduct lifestyle audits, it's not rocket science, because if, if, if you're governing and, and, and it's at your disposal to be able to execute this, it's, it's, it's extremely easy. It's extremely easy. And even conduct lifestyle audits on on your officials and lifestyle audits on your on your very police. I think that's 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 what's important. And then you'll be able to, 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 to find where to, to be able to close more gaps, I think. And then also on the demand reduction, um, we need to I think maybe if we could escalate the the awareness and, and take it down to to instead of more the youth Take it right down to the from start from primary school, where where you start start teaching children the the real issues, because I think what's happening is that our kids in primary school are losing their their innocence because they're being subjected to something that kind of seems to be the norm in society, and we need to continue to educate both our educators and also parents about the. Child Protection Act, Child Justice Act, the Rights of Children, even the Substance Abuse Act, and the people should make themselves familiar, be familiarized with 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 with, 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 with the the bill of rights, the laws. Those types types of issues are extremely relevant because you find, for example, very recently we had a school that was closed. I think you've probably seen it on the news. We had a school that was closed in Clipsbury West, and that school was closed based on it's a racial issue that 
we want this principle or that principle. But the point here is that we, we're not considering the rights of the kid. So the child can't go to school now. We're infringing on the rights of the child, and the Bill of Rights clearly states that we cannot infringe on the rights of any individual. Now, this is a problem. And that's why I'm saying it's because people don't know. They just do things willy-nilly, and that's a major challenge that, that hinders us. But I think government needs to seriously up its game, seriously, seriously tackle corruption at, at all levels. At all levels. Because for me to be corrupt, I need to be corrupt with somebody. I cannot be corrupt on my own. If my organization is corrupt, I need to be corrupt with a, with a government official for that corruption process to be uh, able to be executed. And this is the major challenge, and the people that are suffering are the beneficiaries. So that's what I think. Then when we go to the, it's the supply, it's the demand, and then the harm, the harm, um, um, the harm reduction. Obviously the harm reduction, I think we need to look into greater skills development and also um, accredited skills development. Because what happens is we've got many skills development within our community, but it's like, it's, it's more everything about your welding, for example, in Eldorado Park. Everybody wants to do welding. And, but it's not, a lot of it, a lot of it is not accredited. The kids go and they want to go work after whatever. So we need maybe long term, um, from the, 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 the harm reduction process. When, when they go into rehabilitation, we need, I think, easier access to rehabilitation. And the rehabilitation should not only be about three months or six months. I think it needs to be a long term where in the process of rehabilitation, you acquire a skill. So when you do come out of re- rehab, because I think what we're doing currently is that somebody is hooked on substance and we're taking them from, from being in a state of substance back to a state of sober. I don't think that's growth. Yes, standard, you are sober, and then you fall and you become addicted to drugs, and all we do is bring you back up to sober. So I think that we need to empower people more, and that way they will be able to think out of the box. So we need to start to, to, to encourage people to start to think out of the box. And that's why I'm saying youth, when you speak to youth, you'll be surprised at the amount of ideas that these guys have. And you speak to them and say, but what do you, what do you want to do about it? No, there's nothing I can do about it. And there's actually a lot that they can do about it. But what I'm saying is we need to empower them in a way where they become more confident and able to take up. They need to take up the baton and say, this is our generation. We are the future. We're taking this forward. And this is why I'm, I'm so committed to this course, because I, I just feel, um, and as well as my team that, 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 that I work with, is that I just feel that we will... We are prepared. We are prepared to die for this cause that we believe in. That's what we believe. We, we firmly, my entire team. That's how we believe. We believe to stand united and be prepared to die for the cause. And then, what about for the parents who have children that are on substance abuse? What would be your advice? They should participate in the process. So, what the parents do is they want the kids to go to rehab, and then they just expect miracles after that. They don't want to participate, many of them, not many, most of them, don't want to participate. You know, you, you, you have to have a support group. Now, they don't want to participate in support groups. They feel that they're not the problem and the child's not the problem. And, but like I'm saying is that the child is the problem. Like I'm saying, the problem starts not with the substance. There's always an underlying issue. The substance is the escape channel. And when we send kids to rehab, you find that there's a support group. Parents don't participate in the support group. 
They never do. So how do they equip themselves to have the tools to be able to deal with certain behavioral problems of the kids? Because if you look at substance abuse, it's generally an, an attitude and a behavioral problem. But when the parent is not there to participate in the recovery of the kid, that's where, again, you can take it from point A to B, then we need the parent to assist to go from B to C, but now that gap's there. So the kid has to go on its own to, to B, so there's no, there's no synergy there, and that's the challenge that we find ourselves with. So I would say that we encourage parents to please support the kids in, 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 in their time, because it is a disease, right? Encourage the kids at all times in this process, and, and, and let's do that. Let's, let's, let's just be support structures, because that's exactly what these kids need. These kids only need support, and they want to be heard. So let's just support it. As much as we disagree with it, it's not the era we grew up in. It's not the way we were brought up. Don't relive your life or try to relive your life through the life of your kid. Just encourage your kid and let your kid be the best person, best person that they can be. Let them be. So true, so true, Alistair. Well, then, with that said, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? I would just like everybody to keep us in prayer, continue to pray for us. We, a great number of activists in and around South Africa, even abroad in the world, let's continue to pray for us and keep us in prayer constantly because um, we face with daunting tasks on a daily basis. So that's all I'd like to say, and just continue to support us in whichever way we can. And please let the Catholic Church participate in whichever areas they are in combating substance abuse. Even if you're opening your doors to assist with a um, support group, starting a support group, let's do that. And that 
was the deputy chairperson of the Eldorado Park Local Drug Action Committee, Mr. Alistair Fredericks, talking about his work in combating substance abuse in Eldorado Park. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Catholic Viewer program produced and presented by Sheila Pirsch for Radio Veritas. God bless you and ciao, ciao. I'm Sheila Pirsch.